Explode your to-be-read pile with The New Release Index, your new best friend for finding the best new books. Curated by the book nerds here at Book Riot, it will help you keep track of the upcoming books we think should be on your radar. You can filter by genre, what's trending among other subscribers, and save books to your own watch list. And you can check out the demo at bookriot.com slash new releases. That's bookriot.com slash new releases. Happy browsing! Hello and welcome to When in Romance. We get to talk about a lot of romance stuff today. And guess what, y'all? We have a very special guest who is not special in that she's never been on this podcast before but she's one of our favorite people to join us when one of us is missing (laughs) oh thank you so i guess i'm jess and liberty is here hello i think this is my fourth time technically like all together (laughs) yes and we're recording on wednesday august 2nd 2020 who knows Um, (laughs) yes i think it's still 2023 um and something is happening yes we are doing this is when in romance i have already said that before i am sorry it is early not really (laughs) but i guess my brain works better after the sun has gone down so uh like i said our favorite resident velocireader liberty hardy has joined us on this episode of when in romance and we're very excited well, I am very excited to have you. <laughs> I'm very excited to be here. I'm sorry that you have to record so early. It's my fault because I'm in the future on the, the East Coast. It's fine. It's probably better to record in the middle of the day as opposed to after the day has ended. So <laughs> you're doing me a favor. But it sounds funny if you say like, this is when in romance after dark. But that is not the case today. Well, I am excited to get into this. And as Trisha and I usually do, let's start with a little check in on what we're reading. So Liberty, what are you reading right now? I am just about to start The Bad Ones by Melissa Albert. Uh, Melissa Albert is the author of the Hazelwood series. It's like a series of YA dark fairy tales. She also had Our Crooked Hearts that came out last year. And this one, The Bad Ones, is another YA supernatural horror novel. This one's out February 20th of next year. And I'm very excited to pick it up. I just got it. and was like, eh, but I have to record a podcast. So, <laughs> as soon as we're done. Sorry, bud. <laughs> what are you reading? I am, well, I am technically reading, but sort of held up thanks to the library hold going away. Snow Place Like LA by Sierra Simone and Julie Murphy. It is a novella interlude between their first and second full length novels that I have completely forgotten the name of now. Wow, y'all, you're getting you're getting my top, (laughs) top mind today. Like I said, this is a novella interlude. It's set after A Merry Little Meet Cute. I knew I would remember eventually. And the uh, main characters met on the filming, the filming that takes place in A Merry Little Meet Cute and had a bit of a fling. And in the prologue, we discover that one of them has ghosted the other. But once the story gets going, they start running into each other first at the party that is actually set at the end of Merry Little Meet Cute. And then as they have to work together again, things come out and more things are going to happen. So I am looking forward to finally getting my library hold of that because I got the notification this very morning that it had been returned. So... That's exciting. Fingers crossed that I get it within the next six months. <laughs> I saw them at an author event uh, for a bunch of authors for the publisher when they were doing Merry Little Meet Cute, uh, Sierra Simone and Julie Murphy, and they crack each other up. They were just <laughs> having the best time talking to each other about their book. That's exciting. I'll have to hunt them down at some point. 
Okay, so we talked about the books that we're currently reading, and after a little break, we will talk about more things. Explode your to-be-read pile with The New Release Index, your new best friend for finding the best new books. Curated by the book nerds here at Book Riot, it will help you keep track of the upcoming books we think should be on your radar. You can filter by genre, what's trending among other subscribers, and save books to your own watch list. And you can check out the demo at bookriot.com slash new releases. That's bookriot.com slash new releases. Happy browsing. All right. So the first thing is that Trisha and I have finally decided what we're going to do for the next When in Romance book club. And we are going to do something that we haven't done before. We are going to be reading Tia Williams's The Perfect Find. And we're going to do an adaptation review because remember when we used to do those? So we were talking about doing just the review of the adaptation and we thought, why don't we just do a book club of the book? So we're going to be doing that at the end of September. So keep an ear out for that. We will definitely be talking about it more. But if you need to put a hold on the perfect find or find a friend with Netflix so you can also watch the adaptation, start start getting that moving. I'm really excited. And like I said, you'll hear more about that coming up. All right. And if you want to escape the dog days of summer with perfect book recommendations, there's a dog and a cat reference in the same sentence. Dogs and cats <laughs> mentioned together. Anyway, you can check out tailored book recommendations where we will pick awesome books to keep you entertained. Touch grass, grab some lemonade, and enjoy TBR's picks. They're great for readers of all stripes, and there are plans for all budgets, so visit mytbr.co to sign up today. It only takes a few minutes. You just fill out the survey. That's mytbr.co. And we bibliologists also have lots of fun doing it, so look forward to hearing from you there. So we've got a lot of things to talk about today, and Liberty... I know that some of this I just sort of threw at you last minute. So chime in where you want. Stop me to ask questions. All right. I'll make the appropriate noises. Do what you need to do. No. Shut up. Shut the front door. (laughs) (laughs) Those are going to be perfect for the first thing that I want to talk about. Yeah, you added it in at the last minute because you you made it sound like (gasps) we had to talk about it. So I'm very excited to hear what this is. (laughs) So there are some things that have been going on that I really wanted to address before Trisha and I were back together, because that would be a month from now. And you've probably heard about it because discussion of it has expanded beyond the romance circles. But I wanted to make sure that I mention it so that it's sort of clear what's going on, because there are some people out there calling book talkers weirdos and all that kind of things. So I just want you to understand what is happening if anybody has been like, hey, what is going on with book talk? So if you need a reminder, book talk is a very broad circle of TikTok in which people who enjoy reading books and enjoy talking about them post content and interact with each other's content. There is a book talker whose name is Kiera Lewis, who developed a following talking about hockey romance, but also talking about real life hockey players. And she has been doing it for a while. And, you know, people were interacting. Eventually, she started like, sort of posting content that the Kraken... Seattle Kraken hockey team social media interacted with and they started sort of playing into this book talk thing. Like, hey, we know y'all like hot hockey players. We got some hot hockey players, blah, 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 blah. So that was all well and good. It was fun. But there was some times that some of the stuff that she would say in particular and her followers would say felt a little boundary crossing. And eventually, it started being directed at one specific player, Alex Weinberg. And recently, his wife posted about the fact that it needed to stop. It was making both of them uncomfortable. 
and book talkers who were interacting with Kiera started responding to her in very negative boundary crossing ways. And eventually Alex himself posted about it and was like, don't talk to my wife. Don't talk to me. Please stop this. It's sexual harassment. It's actual harassment. It's making us uncomfortable. It's making hockey players uncomfortable. Please stop. And the Kraken unfollowed Kiara, and there was a lot of emotion going on everywhere from all corners of this situation. If you really want to get into it, my girl Mariness on TikTok has a really good rundown of all of this that's happening and a really good response to sort of some of the things that were happening here. Um, and I'll make sure to add that to the show notes. But it really sort of helped us recircle the discussion about boundaries and the existence of real people. Mm-hmm. Like, these are not your book boyfriends. These are real people's boyfriends. Right. <laughs> and, and I mean, they're real people in general. And, uh, you know, we know that in fan fiction circles, people write RPF. We know that there are romances that are definitely RPF with the serial numbers uh, scraped off. But if we are actually interacting with these people, we have to make sure that we are acknowledging their boundaries Mm -hmm. and that we're setting boundaries for ourselves. Because yes, we read stories that very often include very attractive people on the page. But if we start to project that onto real people who very often have no idea what is happening on the page, then things like this are going to happen. And uh, people are going to be bad actors in this situation. And it's not just Kiara Lewis. It's a lot of people who interact with her who were piling on to Felicia Winberg, who were piling on to the Kraken, who decided like, oh, we made y'all famous. We'll just move to a different hockey team. Like these things, like... And I really wanted to talk about it because now, like I mentioned, like I went to look for some discourse on it online Mm -hmm. and Rolling Stone's talking about it. Vice is talking about it. Hockey sites are talking about it. And it's all really like these book talk weirdos are making us uncomfortable. And like, that's the part that's really affecting the rest of us who are not behaving juvenilely. And I know some of the people who are behaving juvenilely are probably literal children. Like, they are probably minors or very close to being underage. Like, you know, high school students, college students. But there are a lot of people who are not children who are acting like children. And it was just one of those things that I wanted to offer up from a romance person's perspective, because if you're only seeing it from the outside, you might be confused as to how the romance community as a whole feels about this. Like, there are plenty of us who are like, do what you want, but we do not support this part of what you are trying to do. Mm -hmm. So I am coming down off of my soapbox now. But like I said, I will post Mari Ness's rundown. Um, she's got really great information and a really good perspective. And like I said, she's one of the people who is both a book talker and a romance person who can talk about this from a sane point of view. <laughs> yeah. And that's just the first story that you have today. Or the first thing you have to talk about. The rest seem a lot less anxiety ridden. yes everything else is just a quick little update that i want to throw at you so that you know about it and that you can do what you want with it and then we can move on to talking about fun books and maybe some not so fun books (laughs) (laughs) all right so first i just wanted to tell you i saw in something last week or the week before that there is a new romance bookshop in Louisville called A Novel Romance. So go visit if you're in the area or if you're planning to be in the area, um, because we want all of our romance bookshops to succeed. Also, if you hadn't heard, The Ripped Bodice is opening a Brooklyn store. So if you're in New York, New Jersey, Delaware, Pennsylvania, wherever, just, you know, wander out there and make sure that they get a good 
<laughs> a good support, which I'm sure they will, because we all love them. And you can do it online anywhere. Yes, yes, you can. I I like make sure to always do some support, and I will definitely share the novel romance website because they have some really cute stuff that you can order. So I don't usually get like super personal about like things that are happening in my life besides like it's really hot. <laughs> but <laughs> I wanted to just send a really brief. Shout out to author Emily McIntyre, her book Frost, which is a like Disney villains series type book, came out this week. And I saw that she had been posting about dealing with chemotherapy and a lot of other like terrible things while getting treatment for breast cancer. So she was diagnosed very shortly after finishing her first draft. And so she's had to deal with getting the book ready for publication while dealing with chemotherapy. And as someone who has been through that, I just want to offer Emily my support and congrats on being able to move forward with that. And if you have not yet checked out her books, the first one is Hooked definitely check them out. And I'm sending my breast cancer sisterhood solidarity to her. And I hope that you all just send her good vibes as she's moving through treatment. And finally, back to <laughs> back to location based things. I'm going to be at Steamy Lit Kind in Anaheim in a couple of weeks. If you will be in attendance, I will see you there. If you will not be in attendance, but intend to go to Disney sometime that week, let me know and I will see you there because I cannot be across the street from Disneyland for four days and not wander my <laughs> way into that park. So yeah, if you are not familiar with Steamy Lit Con, it's a brand new romance convention that is happening at the Anaheim Convention Center. And there is going to be a lot of people there, both authors and attendees. So prepare yourself as I am girding my loins as well. But it <laughs> sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun and I'm looking forward to it. So if you're going, I'll see you there. If you're not, maybe I'll see you next year. And very exciting. <laughs> the rundown is complete. That was great. That was great. You're great. You're great for listening to me go through all of that. <laughs> no, it was wonderful. And you're great for letting me pick the topic today. I am very excited for this because I sort of don't read a whole lot of stuff in this topic, even though I'm familiar with many things and even have many things in this topic on my shelf. So this was like my opportunity to finally be like, pick up that book. You know you want to read it. Yeah, well, I mean... It's amazing how many robot raccoon romances there are. I know. <laughs> Just kidding. So for the first time that you and I talked, which was, what did I say, March of 2022, uh, you let me mm -hmm. pick and I chose Monster Romance and that scarred me irreparably. And <laughs> then Trisha and I did, I think, food competition show romances. That was mm. fun. I mean, the last time was fun too, but... Um, a little, a little more stuff that I understood than in the monster romances. Um, and this time <laughs> we are doing witch romance novels. Yay! But before we get into it, let's take another break. All right. So, Liberty. Yes. What appealed to you about reading witch romance? I think the supernatural elements. Although I have read a few. But not that many. And I actually started uh, another one in preparation for this show. Like, I had picked a different one to start off with. And mm -hmm. I found out what I don't like in which romance novels. But maybe it was just this one. But it was something that I hadn't thought about before. But it was consent. Mm. Like, I don't know. It felt weird to me. So I picked this other witch romance first. And I stopped for many reasons. One, because it would be like going about my job, and I'm talking to my coworkers, and suddenly I'm thinking about this woman that I know, and so last night I bleeped my bleep to, to do this and get it off my mind, and I was like, ah! Because you know me, I'm easily scandalized. 
Like when it comes to romance, <laughs> I'm like I'm like on the low heat end. Like I love like whatever mm-hmm. for like whatever anybody wants. That's great. But like me personally, <laughs> you know, I don't know why. I don't know why. You'd think like I, mm-hmm. I would have gotten over it, but I'm not. So I'm always like, oh, eh, woo. so like that was one thing. Also, I'm just gonna say it. They used the word sausage for a certain body part too many times, <laughs> and I was just like, no. And and I don't oh, I don't know if like. It's because I'm vegan and I'm personally opposed to the word. I don't know, but I was like, please stop using that word. <laughs> and also, I, I have the brain of a goldfish. So mm-hmm. I'm easily misled by the cartoon covers. Like every time we do the romance, I'm like, oh, cartoons, it's all going to be soft and nice. And then I pick it up and it's super filthy. And I'm like, ah, ah, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, you know. <laughs> so... That's just how it is in general when I'm reading romance novels, which, like, 99% of them have cartoon covers. But I didn't enjoy the witch stuff because, I don't know if it was, like, consent, but it felt like it bordered on abusive. Like, in horror mm. novels and witches are bad, like, you get that. The witch is going to put a curse on you. The witch is going to do this. The witch is going to do that. That's the scary stuff. That's what you know is going to happen. But in, like, this, it was, like, it was, like, the warlock putting a spell on the woman that he wants to end up with. To, like, forget things, and that, like, borders on, like, Willow Tara stuff, and, like, mm-hmm. one of the witches who was in charge was always, like, flicking the assistant in the nose and slapping her in the head when she was doing bad things, and then, like, the warlock was putting a spell on the main character that he's interested in on her roommate because he thinks he's her boyfriend, and, like, he gets, like, horrible skin rashes and boils and stuff, and I'm just like... This is just, like, petty and mean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's mean. Like, I don't feel like putting spells on people to, like, make them do things that you want in a cheery, we're gonna end up together kind of way is is great. That's what I learned from that book. So halfway through, I was like, enough with the sausage. I'm done. Like, I'm out. (laughs) So I remembered that I'd already read another great witch romance novel, so I tacked that one on instead. Yeah, but I mean, I just, I don't know, but other than that, like, I like, like, the spells and stuff in, like, a really cheery, like, friendly kind of way, you know, like, you know, this lady hurt her leg, and so we're gonna give her a potion to make it feel better, and, mm-hmm. you know, I'm gonna, you know, use a spell to make the room look all romantic, you know, stuff like that, like, that I'm fine with, yeah. so. What appeals, if anything, what appeals to you about witch romances? Well, you know, it's interesting, like, for a long time, I thought I wasn't into witches. And as more and more witch romances started appearing, I was like, I'm not sure if I want to read those. And I realized I wasn't into witches because there is something somewhere in the back of my id where I really liked Anne Rice's vampire stories, but was not into her witch stories. <sighs> and some kind of way that evolved with me into like being like, I don't like witches. <sighs> so <laughs> I had to be like, wait, you like witches. It's okay. <laughs> just just pick up a story about someone doing magic. You know it'll be okay. It's not Lasher. It's not Taltus. You'll be fine. Um, and so this was, like I said, this was a great opportunity for me to be able to just be like, oh, right, witches are fun. <sighs> That's so funny. Now, I read the vampire novels when I was in middle school, and I also mm-hmm. read The Witching Hour somewhere around there, you know, and, and the follow-ups mm-hmm. like The Maker Witchers. And I loved those. Like, and I've always wanted to go back and read them again, like all of them, because I'm, I wonder, like, if I would still enjoy them as much now as I did when I was, like, mm-hmm. 12 and 13 and 14, you know. But mm-hmm. there's probably a lot of things in the Mayfair Chronicles where I'm like, oh, I don't like that, them doing that. But that, that seems to me, like, on the scary side of witches, so it might be, like, okay. Yeah. But I loved the witching hour. How come they, have they made it into a, into a movie, a TV show? I don't even know. There is a TV show, there and is. I have not watched it because I forgot. But it's on <laughs> AMC Plus, and it like huh. it came out after the Interview with the Vampire TV show. Se- the first season of that ended, then the Witching Hour started, and so recently, yeah, recently. Huh. So thank you for reminding me okay. to like go go check that out because that was my whole plan. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Perfect. This was the whole the true reason. Yeah, the only reason I came on this show was to remind you to watch The Witching Hour. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't have any interest in watching the the interview show. I don't know why. I watched the movie when it was 
in the theater because I'm that old. <laughs> but I don't know. I just was like, eh, I've already seen this story. <laughs> I had the tape. I borrowed it from a local video store when I was like 11 and then just never took it back. <laughs> But I was interested in the story, and I was very curious how they were going to remake it in its own Mm -hmm. image, and I think they did a really good job. So if you get the chance, I would definitely recommend watching it. There are a lot of things that are very different, but there are a lot of things that I think were done really well. Okay. Because I was, like, all excited for the Hellraiser remake, Mm -hmm. and then a couple of my friends who are also huge fans of Hellraiser... We're like, do not watch this. So yeah, I just, I skipped it. And, and who knows? Maybe I would love it. But I was like, oh, I've been burned by the Hellraiser remake. I, I'm going to just stay away from Interview with the Vampire. I'm just going to tell we you now. We moved on to vampires now. Interview with the Vampire, the TV show on AMC and AMC Plus is hella gay. Like if that influences your decision. Great. Well, that's what I heard about Hellraiser too. So like- Interview with the Vampire, the movie, is homoerotic. Interview with the Vampire, the TV show, is hella gay. So that's the difference. (laughs) (laughs) It's more like the actual story in the way she intended it, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what were we talking about? Witches? Witches. Vampires? I don't remember. Robot raccoons. Raccoons. Robot raccoons. But, I mean, like, witches and vampires have often gone hand in hand. And yes, I don't think there are many vampires in the books that I'm going to be talking about. But, you know, maybe they live in those worlds. Yeah. Or they possibly could later on. Would you like me to start? Yes. Why don't you go ahead and start? All right. So this is really the whole reason I picked this category was because I loved this book so much. (laughs) And so many people have read it and loved it. But I'm going to tell you about it again, and you're going to want to read it again. It is The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangu Mandana. And it's so good! It's so sweet and cute! And it has a cartoon cover! Mm-hmm. And it's set in England. And in this England, witches are real. I mean, who's to say they're not? But, like, <laughs> they actually really are real in this world. But there are not very many of them. They're kind of spread out around the world. There's only, like several in each country and they only gather once in a while to get together and be like hey yep we're still witches here are the rules still okay bye (laughs) because the rules dictate that they are to have no contact with one another they cannot get together outside of their meetings because supposedly having two witches in one place or or three or four or five that's too much magic in one spot and it could become a problem and draw attention to them and they don't want anyone to know that they exist. So this is a very lonely existence for a witch, especially for young witch Micah Moon. She is without friends. She is without family. For reasons unknown, when a witch gives birth, she dies in childbirth. Like, this is just how it has always been for hundreds of years. And so when Micah Moon was born, her mother died and she was orphaned. Uh, she was adopted by another witch who brought her from India to England. But... This witch was very clinical, very unaffectionate, you know, didn't show her any love, uh, and mostly left her alone to be raised by the hired help. And it was a very lonely childhood for her, and now she's a very lonely adult, and she's not really thrilled with the whole witch thing, but it is what it is. Mm -hmm. She's a witch. And she calls their group the Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches, unofficially, (laughs) which the other witches do not appreciate. Um, So... She discovers that a great way to keep herself entertained is to make YouTube videos where she pretends to be a witch. Because she's using real magic, but people who are watching the videos don't know. Mm -hmm. She's got a bit of a following now because, you know, they think it's like special effects and all fake, you know? Yeah. It's an illusion, Michael. (laughs) And then one day she gets a letter from a man from a place called the Nowhere House asking her to come live there and tutor Three witch children that he has in his care. And so Mike is like, this has to be a prank. Mm -hmm. Because, one, I've never heard of the Nowhere House. Two, witches aren't allowed to gather in one spot. We would know. Like, the witch council has never mentioned that there were three young witches, like, living together at this place. And also, no one knows that magic is real. So, like, how would he know to write to me and be like, yes, you're really a witch. Come and visit. But it sounds so tempting. And she's so bored. And she's like... It couldn't hurt to accept the job and go check it out and see what's going on. 
So she packs up her very friendly golden retriever, which might be redundant to say very friendly golden retriever, <laughs> and her magic koi pond, which she can just fold up her koi pond into a small thing and then take it back out. And she drives to the nowhere house. And when she gets there, she can like feel the magic coming off it. And she's like, oh my goodness, this is for real. And it turns out they've sort of been hiding these children from the rest of the world and from the other witches. And when she gets there, she meets the caretaker and his husband. She meets the housekeeper. They're all lovely. She meets the three young witches. I think are like eight, 10 and 12, seven, nine and 11, something like that. Two of them, the two younger ones are very excited to meet her. Uh, the oldest one is determined not to cooperate. <laughs> she's in a bit of a rebellious phase and she's mad that she's there. She also meets the children's tutor, Jamie, who is a grumpy librarian who is also determined not to like her. He cares very much for the girls. He feels very protective of them and he doesn't want them to get attached and then like have her leave and hurt the girls or to just not be a right, the right fit for the job. So he's not really into her either. But like she gets like three to two or, or I should say like five to two, you know, so in favor of her. So she gets to stay and she falls in love with the house and with the children. And she thinks like this is the found family that she's been searching for. She lives on beautiful grounds. She lives in a beautiful home. She and Jamie are going to have to work together to get the girl's magic under control because they're young and they don't know what to do and they can blow things up and <laughs> do all kinds of things. So they have to figure out how to get their magic under control while ignoring the heat between them. Because did I mention that Jamie is very, very attractive? I don't know if I did, but yes, yes. <laughs> and they need to get the girls and the house in order because someone is coming to visit the home who could bring their world and their found family all crashing down. This book is super double extra charming and sweet. With a side of sexy, there are some sexy parts. <laughs> I would love another story in this world. I don't know at this point if we are getting one or if this is a one-off. But it will charm your pants off, which pun intended. <laughs> there are a couple of content warnings uh, for abandonment and child neglect and loss of a loved one. This is The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangu Mandana. Awesome. And I know that she has another book coming out, uh, maybe next year, but I don't know if it's a sequel or just another book. Very exciting. I would also like a spinoff with The Golden Retriever. <laughs> Oh, that sounds delightful. So I too read a witch book with a uh, cartoon cover that is also pretty spicy. And that is Not the Witch You Wed by April Asher. This is a book that I have had for a while. Like I actually bought this one, like saw it on the shelf, was like, I need this. It's coming home with me. In part, potentially because it's purple, but also because it sounded adorable. <laughs> and I was proven correctly, even though I didn't actually read the print book because I really wanted to listen to the audio. Which is sort of how I've been reading things lately. Very few print books actually pages open. Many print books, oh, I can read it in audio and then put the print one on my finished shelf. Um, and so Not the Witch You Wed is the first in a series that I imagine will have three books because it is about the firstborn of three triplets. And she and her sisters are part of a magical family. This is a magic norm universe. You know, magic magical beings of various types are popular and in the public eye. People know that they exist and interact with them as necessary. And there is a whole like hierarchy of supernatural beings in this world. So there are animal shifters, there are vampires, there are angels, uh, there are witches, <laughs> there like there are all kinds of supernatural beings. And there's like a council where at least one member of each supernatural uh group is on it and they like make decisions for the supernatural world. Um and for the world at large, I guess, since they all live in the same world. Um so that was interesting because haven't read a whole lot where all of this is in the public eye, as opposed to living in the shadows, etc. Anyway, so the main character, Violet, is the oldest of three triplets. And she was born, she was born first, you know, they're triplets. So 
they weren't born that far apart, but she is still the oldest. And she would be what they call the prima apparent, the next witch in charge, basically. Uh, the prima is currently her grandmother. But she did not appear to have any magic when she was growing up. So her second sister became the prima apparent and is in an arranged engagement with a werewolf who turns out to be not the greatest person. So Violet and Lincoln, who is the alpha of North America, he is a alpha werewolf, have known each other their whole lives, basically, like since they were maybe not in diapers, but at least in preschool. And they haven't particularly enjoyed knowing each other for their whole lives. They have butted heads. They have both run for class president. They've done all of these things and don't particularly like each other now as adults. But they keep running into each other in interesting situations. And eventually they decide to offer each other some assistance because they have both been basically put on blast by this council because he is approaching the age where that is basically his majority (laughs) or whatever. And he needs to be mated by that point in order to sort of continue as alpha. And uh, she has been put on blast for not being in needing to be in a witch bond, um, which is very difficult to explain in part because I listened to it instead of reading it. Um, But so they end up pretending to date. And there's a lot of chemistry between them that neither of them is particularly a fan of because they don't like each other. (laughs) But they have this like ridiculous sexual chemistry. And then, of course... Because, of course, she starts getting sparks of magic. And she eventually calls it Sparky. Because why not? (laughs) Sure. And suddenly she also has to keep this secret. Because there she got an extension on needing to be witch-bound. Witch-bonded. Bound. I don't know which the correct one is. Because she didn't have magic. Booned! (laughs) Booned. (laughs) Witch-booned. Yep. I have no idea. So now she has magic and she has to figure out how to deal with this freaking magic because it's doing lots of crazy things. And also, does she actually like her fake boyfriend? And like all of these things are happening all at once. And I mean, it's a romance. So you know how how things go from there. But I, I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to reading the second one. And the third one is coming out. At some point, I really love the relationship that the sisters have with each other. So I'm looking forward to being able to read more of that down the line because family and friend relationships make a four star book a 10 star read for me. So I really, I really loved the interactions between everyone outside of the central couple on top of how the two of them interact with each other and slowly realize that they have fallen in love. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that is Not the Witch You Wed by April Asher. It's the purple one. (laughs) So, all right, a couple of things. One, do you think it's purple because her name is Violet? Probably. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And (laughs) secondly, so a couple of weeks ago when I was reading the book that I ended up not enjoying, the sausage book, I was like, mm-hmm. do I have any other witch romances in my house that I could read instead? Because I was like, I have this one in my back pocket that mm-hmm. I've read, but, you know, do I have something new to me to read? And I dug mm-hmm. around and I was like, oh, not the witch you wed. All right. And then I was like, hmm, like of all the witch romance books, what are the odds that Jess will have marked this one down to read? <laughs> like, it's it's nearly impossible, right? And I was like, I looked it up and you had marked it down. I was like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. No, there's no reason to be sorry. I didn't have to read another book. Like, hey, you know, that's fine. But I thought it was really funny because I was like, of all the books that I have in my house, the one that you picked. Yep. So my next pick is not purple. However, the flowers on the cover of the first book are, and the cover of the third book is. This one <laughs> is 
The League of Gentle Women Witches, which is book two in the Dangerous Damsels series by India Holton. The first book is The Wisteria Society of Lady Scoundrels. And the third book, which is now available, is The Secret Service of Tea and Treason. This is the second book. It is set in the Victorian era in London. In the first book, we find out that there are pirates. Pirates are, are people that happen. They live on land because they can fly their houses around. Like, instead of using ships, they have houses that can fly places. <laughs> in this book, the second book, there are also witches. Char- Charlotte Pettifer is a witch, and she is prophesied to one day run the witch society. Now, people know of pirates, they know of their existence, you can't miss houses flying around, but in this world, you still can't be a witch. Witches are still feared and executed because sexism. You know, people, pirates, you're not supposed to be a pirate, it's bad, if you get caught, it's frowned upon, and you're probably executed, but, like, witches are just, like, nobody says that they're a witch. But the pirates know that the witches exist, the witches know that the pirates exist. At the beginning of the book, Charlotte makes the mistake of stealing a briefcase from a man in a tea shop who turns out to be a very tenacious pirate named Alex O'Reilly, a handsome, handsome, tenacious pirate who is going to become a huge thorn in her side, who first wants his briefcase back, then he wants to steal, she finds out he wants to steal the same amulet that Charlotte is looking to liberate from a museum, and then he also wants Charlotte. Since the amulet that they are trying to steal belonged to Beryl Black, the first witch, the very first witch, it is supposedly filled with magic power, and Charlotte thinks that she should have it both for safekeeping, so no one else can get their hands on it, and also for her own use, because she's going to be the head witch someday. And everyone else, the witches and the pirates, think it would be beneficial for them to use it, or else sell it for a lot of money, so everyone else is trying to get it. There's like like a very funny scene where the museum gallery is just filled with pirates and witches who are trying to distract everybody and figure out a way to steal it. Unfortunately, the amulet winds up in the hands of the most dangerous pirate. And now Charlotte and Alex must work together to get their hands on it while trying to keep their hands off each other. These books are so much fun. It's like pirates and witches, but it's also a comedy of manners as well as Mm. errors. So like... (laughs) People are very polite while they're poking each other in the eye and, you know, like, fighting and brandishing weapons, you know, but you have to do them at certain times and in the proper way. And they also have to break for tea because, you know, tea. And they have these inventive, almost steampunky weapons. Like, the witches have these, like, brooms that can also turn into all these other things. Charlotte has Mm -hmm. some dangerous shoes. Like, depending on which pair she she wears, they can do different things. You know, like, daggers can come out of them, or poison smoke, or, you know, something. <laughs> and it's just fun. Plus, like, the attraction for each other is very slow and simmering until it comes to a big sexy boil. You don't have <laughs> to have read the first one. But there are... So the main characters from the first book do appear in this one, and it spoils their outcomes if you haven't read the first book. So if you don't like spoilers, like I would recommend reading the first one, you know, and content warnings are like sexism for the times, you know, like they're in Victorian times. So like women are not supposed to be pirates or witches or, you know, swear or fight or do anything bad. And there's also the, like the cartoonish pirate and witch violence, you know, sword fights and enchanting objects to fly across the room and bean people on the head and flinging people (laughs) about the rooms So it's just so fun. This one is The League of Gentlewomen Witches, Dangerous Damsels, Book 2 by India Holton. Have you read Gail Carriker? I have only ever read her first book, which is Soulless. Is that Mm -hmm. right? With the werewolf and vampire? I can't even remember anymore. I read it when it came out. The Alexia is, uh, I can't remember what they call her. Fairy? She's a fairy? No, that's True Blood. I'm getting confused now. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. true blood. I have read that. I like those. I did like that a lot. And you won't be surprised to hear me say that. I think I own the f- first five, <laughs> but I only read the first one. Oh, no, I did read some of her etiquette books, the YA ones. I did read those. Oh, yeah. Those are fun, too. Like, your description of uh, all of the gadgets and stuff made me think about espionage and etiquette, actually. Yeah, that's a very good comp. But also... The um, Solace is great. Alexia is a god, what do they call her? I can't remember. But basically, she can counteract anyone's supernatural-ness. Yeah. 
She kills a vampire, like, in the first few pages. That's what it is, I think. And then it hooks up with a wolf. Yeah. Yeah, because, like, if she touches you, you lose your supernatural stuff. So it's definitely an interesting series. I would I would check it out. But that ma- made me think of all of the things in the Protectorate universe. The Parasol Protector is the name of yeah. sort of that whole world. <laughs> so, like, they don't have flying houses, but they do have lots of cool gadgets. Yes. Okay, so my second book is also technically a historical because it takes place in the 1990s. Oh, goodness gracious. <laughs> Speaking of the 1990s and witches, can I tell you one thing? So mm-hmm. this is going to sound weird, but I'd never seen Sabrina the Teenage Witch, right? Like it was after mm-hmm. I got out of high school and I never saw it when it was on. Like I knew who was in it, some of the people. I know it has like a talking cat puppet, but uh, lately I've been reading... I've been projecting my Adobe PDF reader onto my TV screen and reading like really big. And mm-hmm. when I it's not on, my TV has to have a landing spot for a channel. So it's been on TV land and they've been showing reruns of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. So I've watched a lot of them like with the sound off. And <laughs> I like I had no idea that Martin Mull was in it. I had no idea that they used a real mm-hmm. cat sometimes. Like, I don't know if you've seen the show, but and also um, I'm deaf in one ear and I've become quite good at reading lips but I cannot figure out what is going on in that show. It's like people are changing costumes, things are falling from the sky, walls are moving, and I'm and I've just given up trying to like figure out because it's good practice, you know, to watch it with the sound off. But I, I don't know what's going mm-hmm. on in that show ever. I couldn't tell you because it's very much a ninety sitcom where like I don't recall there being a true story arc. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that Robbie Benson was her dad, um, and sometimes he would do the Beast voice. Oh. <laughs> but... <laughs> I haven't seen him in any of the episodes yet. How is that the thing I remember? I have no idea. But I remember being entertained by it, because it came on when I was still watching TGIF regularly. Yeah, yeah. But I couldn't tell you anything that's actually happening. I don't know, it just made me think of that, because we are talking about witches in the 90s. So back to your <laughs> historical fiction. <laughs> so my historical fiction romance. Um, it's actually the series is a prequel series to another series that the author has written, but I have not read that series. So maybe I would have understood a little bit of the world building better if I had. And it is Binding Shadows by Jasmine Silvera. And it's the first book in the Tooth and Spell series. So this is a world where magic is hidden from the real world, but there is a whole society of magic sort of living in the, in the shadows. And it's set in Prague, which is really interesting because, like, the author is describing actual places and buildings and stuff. And it's also um, an academic book. <laughs> so the main characters, Barbara and Tobias, are both non-white Czech people who grew up in Europe. And so that was that was the first thing that sort of drew me to this story because it's like, when when do you read that? And Barbara is a post-grad academic researcher in this college where they both work. And Tobias is a professor and she has magic. The word witch doesn't really come up very much in the earlier parts of the book. Um, and that's in part because there is also a bad witch that shows up later and having magic is not particularly allowed in this paranormal society. And he is also hiding the fact that he is a wolf shifter. And he, I can never remember in which book societies people call themselves wolf animal shifters and were animals because i remember a million years ago you know back in the twilight era people were very keen to make a distinction between werewolf and wolf shifter huh. so now that's just sort of evolved into because in twilight they were shifters they were not werewolves but 
I don't know. Huh. Now now my brain thinks there's a difference, but most people don't actually make a difference between them. So anyway, um, so Tobias is a professor. They both have very strong personalities. And their first actual interaction is just so great. I'm not even going to tell you what it's about because you have to experience it for yourself. <laughs> But basically, she he's a visiting professor at the university where she works, and he's looking for a specific volume of archival work that just like nobody can find it. So she finally finds it and then brings it to him, and then they have this interaction, which I'm not going to tell you about. So they live in this world where there has been like gods wars and there are necromancer rulers who keep an, a keen eye on everything and it's just it's so complicated and i'm still not sure i understand it but maybe i will go seek out the series that it's a prequel to and see if the world building is more is better mm-hmm. but it was still interesting enough that i want to recommend it to people i didn't dislike it i just think it might be a little confusing if you are going into it thinking that you're reading a fully built out urban fantasy and it turns out there's a lot of stuff you need to already understand. So that's that's the big thing. But the details are are great. There is both a relationship arc which is very central to the story and a greater end of the world kind of arc which you know the two of them have to deal with as they're going it. There's an enchanted book and Barbara has to sort of keep her magic from being seen from by other people you know when we meet her she's just using it for little things like finding things and influencing stuff and sort of having this intuition that you know is is almost like not witchy but then the witchiness you know explodes almost kind of the same way that not the witch you wed had, where even though Barbara knows that she has magic, she like keeps it so tamped down that by the end of the book, it's like it's almost overpowering. And I also realized that I chose two books in which a witch and a werewolf end up together. But, you know, that's cool. <laughs> so if you are looking for something that's more like a darker urban fantasy as opposed to a witchy rom-com, which I think a lot of books that are coming out now are being presented more as, then I would definitely recommend Binding Shadows by Jasmine Silvera. All right. (sighs) We did it. We did it. Anything else that you wanted to mention, Liberty? Um, Go to mytbr.co to check out tailored book recommendations. Yes, definitely do that. So... Amazing thank you to our amazing audio editor, Jen Zink. Woohoo! You can't tell what she's done, but she's done some great stuff. <laughs> That's why she's good at her job. Yep. You can always send an email to winandromance at bookriot.com. You can find me on something. Definitely Instagram at uh, Jess underscore is underscore reading. If you're on Blue Sky, you can find me at Jess is reading all one word. If the artist formerly known as Twitter still exists, by the time you're listening to this, I probably am still there at Jess is reading all one word. And you can find me on TikTok at Jess underscore is reading. Awesome. You can find me on Instagram at Franzen Comes Alive. And every Tuesday in your ears on all the books. Yes, definitely listen to all the books. It's lots of fun and there's lots of them. Yes. If you all have not yet checked it out. <laughs> all of the books are there. Um, please write and review the show. It helps us to make it better. And happy reading. Happy reading. <laughs>